uh, 31st of August, in fact, 2006. And the BBC talked about Blair going to tackle the menace children. He called it menace children. Tomorrow's potential troublemakers can be identified even before they are born, Tony Blair has suggested. So now, now you see how it ties in with all of this DNA experimentation with the Home Office. The guys are supposed to just issue passports and do security checkups and so on. We're now one of the biggest scientific organizations in the DNA sector you can imagine. It says here, I shall read more of this when I get back because it's a very, very important article. And like most, they get brushed over and then forgotten. That ties right into where we're going tonight. Back in a moment after this break.
they do believe uh, that you inherit all your traits and characteristics. They believe you have the poverty gene or the delinquent gene. They used to measure the space between the, the eyes, the distance, and measure your eye to your ear and all this stuff back in the 20s and 30s when they were on a roll. Now they try to use scientific terminology to cover it up. It's the same agenda. So here he says the government had the right to intervene much earlier to prevent problems developing when children were older. There could be sanctions for parents who refused to take advice, he said. Punishments, in other words. The Prime Minister has returned from his summer holiday to face intense speculation about his plan to step down. In the first interview since his three-week stay in the Caribbean, Mr. Blair insisted his policies could outlast his time in Downing Street. That's quite the term they use there because he insisted his policies could outlast his time in Downing Street. I've heard other politicians say the same thing who've made drastic changes. And you'll find the next coming, the, the bunch who comes in afterwards, will often say it'll take 10 to 20 years to unravel legally all the laws that were put in place. Therefore, they would not even start. That's why you can say that. As aides say, people are more interested in problems like anti-social behavior than talk about when the prime minister will quit. The Conservatives say the government should not try to run people's lives. And one think tank suggested it was almost genetic determinism to suggest that children could turn out to be troublemakers before they were born. Mr. Blair told BBC News his government had made massive progress in tackling social exclusion, but there was a group of people with multiple problems. There had to be intervention pre-birth, even, he said. Pre-birth. Families with drug and alcohol problems were being, being identified too late, he said, and there was a pretty good chance children of teenage mothers who were not in stable relationships would grow up in a difficult set of circumstances and develop behavioral problems. Now, they'll always use the extreme examples to bring something in. Remember that, because eventually they, they put it across the board for everyone. He admitted many people might be uneasy with the idea of intervening in people's family life, but said there was no point pussyfooting, in other words, to hell with you and your particular values. But he said if we're not prepared to predict and intervene far more early than in our children who are growing up in families which we know are dysfunctional and the children a few years down the line are going to be a menace to society and actually a threat to themselves. So they'll alter you because they can tell in the womb that you're going to be a threat to yourself or society. He says help had to be offered, but some sense of discipline and responsibility had to be brought to bear, he said. And then they go on with it, the different sanctions. Official figures released in February showed the conception rate for girls uh, aged 13 to 15 was 7.5 per 1,000 2004. Mr. Blair did not specifically uh, or specify exactly what changes he was preparing to make or how they would work. And he pointed to the success of Sure Start centres and giving parents help. And he said sanctions such as anti-social behaviour orders or parenting offers were already in place for those who refused support. So they already had bypassed parents who would refuse support. He says, but experience from other countries suggested people were willing to get support if they knew where to get it, he added. In other words, everyone really wants it. You just don't know that you want it. Conservative policy director Oliver Litwin said, the answer is not more state intervention, 
is to encourage the social enterprise, the voluntary sector, community groups to help people without trying to run their lives for them. And it goes on and on and on. But, as I say, this is about eugenics, plain and simple. An idea that they had a hundred years ago and, and longer, these very societies that Blair is a member of, that they could raise and, and control millions of people with the use of science, and even mentioning that eventually they have the ability to go into the womb and remove certain genes or replace certain genes until they have their, their perfect robotic citizen. Now you think about it too, this kind of power in the hands of politicians like Blair and Brown is in now, who are really following their orders because they're part of a big control group and they really believe in this mission. That kind of power will be used. It's already being implemented in different sectors. That's a scary thing because it's like the Soviet Union. If you had, if you had complained about the government because you wouldn't go along with the new in politically correct phrase or terminology, they said that you had inflexibility of opinions and they classified you as mentally ill and put you in the gulag. And that is coming down here too with this, this incredible political correctness where you can't speak about certain things under the fear of law. When you can't speak or even ask a question about something and you're genuinely curious, you're under tyranny, which means there's a dominant, a dominant minority above you controlling it all. And we cannot go that way. But as you can see from this article here, politics really has nothing to do with what you think it is. It's simply following an agenda. and doesn't matter which party gets in. It really doesn't matter. The agenda continues. It's all to do with the United Nations as well. Depopulation and creating better kinds of servants. Remember what Kessler and others said. They said, the elite will retain all the survival capabilities. But, he says, the rest of the public won't have them. They won't need them because the state will be making all their decisions for them. Remember that. Remember that. That's the world they're bringing in. Isn't that article here? I mean, see, they're so far gone and, and they're so so sure of themselves today that, that there's no opposition because really parents are kind of out of the picture they expect the state to bring up their children they expect the state and the schools to give them new values the values they don't spend time with them they're either watching television or the, and their children are playing computers or they're all playing computer games or they're, or they're out of the house altogether this has been a very deliberate warfare strategy which has worked very well this is from the Daily Mail UK, February the 17th, 2009. British scientists condemn using children in GM food trials is unacceptable. That's a genetically modified food, using children now in the trials. By Sean Poulter. Children have been used as lab rats in GM rice trials that were carried out in breach of ethics rules drawn up in response to the medical crimes of Nazi Germany, is claimed. Youngsters aged 6 to 10 years old were fed so-called golden rice, which has been modified to contain enhanced levels of beta-carotene or vitamin A. And goodness what, it, what else they put in there.
devices being developed to combat vitamin A deficiency, which is linked to damage to the sight, poor brain development, and immune system failure. These are all the very things which they've been attacking us with. Your immune system is shot. Everyone from the 1950s onwards has got a defective immune system because of all the shots we've got. It says here, however, high consumption can also have harmful toxic effects and cause birth defects. Of course they know this. They know this. Critics are furious that the GM rice was not put through animal feeding trials to ensure it was safe before being given to children. The decision to use the children has been condemned as completely unacceptable by a group of 22 scientists, all GM critics from Britain and around the world. And we're back with more because they've been using using it on children in the U.S. as well. Back after this break. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Reading from an article called CommonDreams.org concerning the GM the generally modified food where they put all kinds of weird genes in to plants, etc. In this case, it's rice. I don't think there's anything they've left alone, to be honest with you. It says here, the decision to use the children has been condemned as completely unacceptable by a group of 22 scientists, all GM critics from Britain and around the world. The claim is indicative of moves by the biotech lobby led by the USA and biotech firms to force GM food into the mouths of the world without proper assessment. Well, you better believe it because, you see, it's a must-be. It's one of these must-be things. It doesn't matter how many assessments are done on the health risks, etc., of people. They're becoming obvious as well. It's going to be forced on everyone because it's part of the agenda. That's why no one can touch the big boys like Monsanto. You can't touch them. They've got protection. The project was financed and run through the U.S. National Institutes of Health and involved children in China and America. The scientists have written an open letter to the team behind the experiments condemning the way they were conducted. It states, we are writing to express our shock and unequivocal denunciation of experiments being conducted by your colleagues which involved the feeding of genetically modified golden rice to human subjects. Because on to say there's been woefully inadequate preclinical evaluation of the rice. The scientists argue there's a large body of evidence showing GM food production can trigger gene mutations which can result in health damaging effects when GM food products are fed to animals. The letter adds our greatest concern is that this rice, which is engineered to overproduce beta carotene, has never been tested in animals. And to be honest with you, I don't care what they tell you the excuses, I don't believe them anymore at all. That's how bad it is. You can't believe anything they tell you as to why they're doing things. It says there's evidence that certain chemicals derived from beta-carotene are both toxic and cause birth defects. The case of the GM experiment say the Nuremberg Code states that children under 10 are not considered legally capable of giving consent to participation in such experiments. Well, who cares about a few laws, eh? They say the code also requires that human guinea pigs should not be used if scientists have an alternative experimental method. Thirdly, experiments on humans should not be conducted until, until tests with animals have identified potential hazards. Now listen to this. Among the leading bodies behind the GM Golden Rice Project are the biotech company Syngenta, 
the Rockefeller Foundation. Oh, I'm so amazed. I'm always so amazed. It's such a surprise. And the charitable foundation set up by, guess who, Microsoft boss Bill Gates. Well, you know something that Bill Gates and Rockefeller Foundation all have in common? Sterilization. That's a little clue to everything that they touch. The list of signatories to the protest letter includes Malcolm Hooper, Emeritus Professor of Medicinal Chemistry at Sunderland University, who said this type of experimentation is frightening children as lab rats. It's not on. So there you go. I mean, you can read this article for yourself, and I will put up the, the links at the end of the show to this. But it, it, it just goes on and on and on. As I say, just go back to what they said they'd have to do, and that was bypass all parental authority, and in effect, if possible, eliminate the family. Eliminate it. And then the state will be totally in control of everyone, adults or children. It didn't matter. And that's pretty well happened. No one stands up for anyone anymore. And here's another article that ties in with this one. It's just astonishing how it rolls in. At the same time, that's their synchronicity from Bloomberg.com, February the 19th. I think it's first published this one on February 9th, but it says, Republican senators are questioning whether President Barack Obama's stimulus bill contains the right mix of tax breaks and cash cash infusions to jumpstart the economy. Tragically, no one from either party is objecting to the health provisions slipped in without discussion. This is standard, isn't it? When they put these omnibus bills through, they stick to all this stuff they don't want discussed. These provisions reflect the handiwork of Tom Daschle, until recently the nominee to head the Health and Human Services Department. Senators should read these provisions and vote against them because they're dangerous to your health. Page numbers refer to HR1EH, and there's a PDF version on the site at Bloomberg. It says the bill's health rules will affect every individual in the United States. Your medical treatments will be tracked electronically by a federal system. Having electronic medical records at your fingertips, easily transferred to a hospital is beneficial. This is what they're telling you. It will help avoid duplicate tests and errors. Canada's we are ahead. We had that when McLaren was in charge years ago, a centralized computer containing all the data of every Canadian and one computer. There was an uproar in Parliament, so they said, okay, we'll solve it. They put it in two computers, so no one can have all the data. Ha, ha, ha. But the bill goes further. One new bureaucracy, the National Coordinator of Health Information Technology, will monitor treatments to make sure your doctor is doing what the federal government deems appropriate and cost-effective. Here's the part, cost-effective. The goal is to reduce cost and guide your doctor's decisions. Your doctor can't make the decisions now. That's what it's telling you. They only guide your doctor's decisions it says, these provisions in the stimulus bill are virtually identical to what Daschle prescribes in his 2008 book, Critical, What Can We Do About the Healthcare Crisis? So, if not to act like solo practitioners anymore, the government will decide the cheap medication you'll get. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
I am Alan Watt for Cutting Through the Matrix and this article from Bloomberg really is showing you that the U.S. is simply blending into the world system. They have the same systems across the planet now and the U.S. was the last to go under it. And what they do, I know this from Britain and other countries, they mark you down in hospital uh, as to the importance of your value to the society and they'll decide whether you should be resuscitated or not. But it also will decide what kind of medications you get. Are you worth the extra expense of the of the better medications? This all ties into it. So according to Dashiell, doctors have to give up autonomy and learn to operate less like solo practitioners. Well, there's no point in having them uh, thinking for themselves if the government's going to tell them what to think and what to prescribe. This is keeping doctors informed of the newest medical findings is important, but enforcing uniformity goes too far. New penalties, hospitals and doctors that are not meaningful users, so we call them meaningful users of the new system, will face penalties. Meaningful user isn't defined in the bill. That will be left to the HHS secretary, who will be empowered to impose more stringent measures of meaningful use over time. What penalties will deter your doctor from going beyond the electronically delivered protocols when your condition is atypical or you need an experimental treatment? The vagueness is, in, is intentional. That's true. It's an intentional vagueness because it's not good news. In his book, Dashiell proposes an appointed body with vast powers to make the tough decisions elected politicians won't make. Now, so once again, you have these non-governmental organizations running your governments which eventually runs our lives. That's the, that's the real meaning when they talk about democracy. That's what it is. Now we'll go to the callers now. There's, there's Tim from Delaware there. You're there, Tim? Yes, I'm here. Yes. yes. How you doing? Not so bad. Not so bad. Um, yes, I, had a, um, I actually got your book that I ordered, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, my question was about, did you ever see that um, interview by... Some guy that interviewed Rockefeller. And if you no, say, what do you think? Can you speak up? Did you ever see that interview from the one guy on, uh, it's on the internet about Rockefeller? Uh huh. Did you ever see that oh, interview? Where, where he talks about what? Where he would be interviewed by some guy and he asked him about how he does, he runs the world and, uh, Rockefeller is basically interviewed. Uh, was that in Japan? Yeah. I think I did, yeah. What did you think about it? I think it was set up, to be honest with you, that, that particular video. Um, that was the same guy, I think, who interviewed him that's claimed that there was all these triads in China going to um, knock over the New World Order or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't too, too uh, sure of that movie at all. Okay, thank you. Okay. And there's Patty from Maryland there. Are you there, Patty? Yes, I am, and it's an absolute honor to speak with you. Uh, and your subject tonight is, is excellent and so timely because I just happen to be reading a book right now. It's called uh, Seeds of Deception huh. by Jeffrey M. Smith, and it's all about um, the genetically engineered foods. Yeah. And now he wrote it back in 2003, but I would just highly recommend it as a good primer for anyone who wants to read about the history of all of this. 
And yes, then, it's quite a know. history. It was a long history, yeah. Oh, it, it, well, it's incredible. I had no idea mm-hmm. that the United States was getting into it as early as they did. Yes. And then, of course, he goes into how um, the U.K. was just fighting it. They, uh, mm-hmm. Of course, the, the large corporations wanted to get the U.K. in on the GM foods, but uh, researchers over there were saying, no, there's not enough good scientific research and so on. Now I'm only like maybe halfway through the book at this point. Um, yeah. So, But it sounds like from your show tonight that children are being experimented on. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's it's just atrocious. Well, it's the same in Canada. Canada was the, was the test bed for all GM food yes. for 10 years. Yes. And the government came out afterwards and admitted they had made a secret deal, and that's the, that's the term they used in the newspapers, a secret deal with Monsanto and others mm-hmm. to test it out on the Canadians. We had no idea mm-hmm. uh, that we were, we were the dummies, you know. Well, that's how I learned about it initially was from one of your shows, and you were talking about that. Yeah. Um, and then about the, the cross-pollination and yes. and uh, it just, it's just simply astounding. But I just want to commend you on the work that you're doing, and I was just so excited when I was hearing you talk about, you know, exactly what I'm reading about at the moment. Yes, yeah, I think I've heard of that book. I think it is a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's very good, and I just highly recommend it. It gives a good, solid foundation for anyone who wants to pursue this. And, yes. then just a real- and, and what you also find, too, is, is that the incredible legal power that backs Monsanto and others, no oh. one can touch them. No one can touch them. Yes. It's like the word has gone out to all judges, you, you, you don't rule against Monsanto. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely incredible. I, I work for a federal government agency, mm-hmm. and um, what I see going on is, it's, well, I don't really want to say where it is, but what I see going on is, is just, it just amazes me and sickens me, and, and um, I, I, just, I would give anything just to be able to blow the whistle, just anything. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I'm too afraid right now. Uh, yeah, that, everyone's afraid, especially if you're in or you actually hear about something that they, they know the public must never get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be very dangerous. Well, yes, and, but what amazes me is, is these people have such blinders on. I pointed out a few facts to some people who have been with this um, agency for like 30-odd years, and they told me I had no idea what I was talking about, and I was telling them about the polio vaccine yeah. and how um, the government knew. The government knew, it, and a couple of scientists tried to warn NIH, don't give them out. They're tainted. And, and yet NIH went ahead and did that. And I had a scientist tell me I, I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and then... I, I know. Case. That's it. Uh, they, they can always pull up their scientists. And, and I'm telling you, among scientists, there's plenty of prostitutes who will prostitute themselves for money yeah. and, and, and say whatever they're told to say to the public. We've had plenty of experience of that in the past. We're seeing that the scientists leave uh, the, the world, uh, that council on weather, you know, uh, in droves, yes. in absolute droves. But those same guys were quite happy to tell lies for years to the public. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now they're scared of their jobs, 
because they're losing credibility. Well, yeah, that and, but you know, gosh, the more I look around, I'm really going out on a limb now, but I'm sure they're not listening anyway. <laughs> but the more I look around my work environment and I really study these scientists and have gotten to know them, I have come to realize that a lot of them would never, ever be able to make it in the real world. The real world, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in an administrative position. So yeah. I, I see all kinds of things that go on, and not quite understanding the science, but I understand enough to know that a lot of them are just in their labs and they're just playing, they're like little children, just yes, tinkering and, and around also, with this and that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. they also must, must keep churning out any kind of reports every so often, because they live on grants. They live with yes. grant handouts, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, NIH, you know, hands out a lot of grants. Um, yep. We don't really, we're not on the receiving end. Yes. All right, so I just told where I work. <laughs> That's, you know what, I don't care. I really don't care. I just, um, the FDA has a building next to my building, and, oh, my, it's just, it's, uh it just makes me I saw a Ill. video with the FDA, and, and it was about Monsanto, in fact, and mm-hmm. they showed you some of the, of, of the people who were on the board for the FDA. Mm-hmm. And there was one woman who she'd been a member of Monsanto three times and, and, and into politics, back with Monsanto, and then she ended up with, on the board of the FDA, back to Monsanto, and then back to the FDA again. I mean, yes. it's completely staffed with people who are ex-Monsanto. Yes, yes. Or, or else it's the, it's the big GlaxoKline uh, drug companies and so on, you know. Oh, well, yeah, I don't even want to go near the drug companies. I mean, I, I have rheumatoid arthritis, and mm-hmm. the treatment that I was given just about killed me. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing anything right now. And then, of course, the doctors at work think I'm horrible because I refuse to take the methotrexate, which is a yeah. cancer. Yeah. treatment, and then the Remicade, and they, they want me to get involved with a clinical study, and I keep yeah. saying no. I, I yeah, cl- a clinical studies it. are dangerous to your health. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, yeah. Oh, so They'll I'm, try all kinds of experimental stuff there, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny because if you even bring up, oh, I might do a clinical, be involved with a clinical study, most scientists look at you in horror and say, don't. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. what does that tell you? I know. You know? Just, I know. Well, We're all guinea pigs. All guinea pigs. Yes, we are, and it's very, very sad. Well, look, I don't want to take up any more of your time, but um, I love your show. I've learned so much, and I get the books that you recommend, and I'm reading them, and just learning an awful lot. It all ties together, right? Yeah. Yes, they do. It does. Amazing. It's amazing. Well, thanks for calling, Pat. Okay, thank you. Bye now. Bye. Yeah, it's difficult for a lot of people, you know. There's so many people out there who could say something, but they're, they're in very delicate situations with their, their, their work situations, and, and we know how ruthless it can be at the top. Very ruthless. There's no problem at all firing people or, or leaning on them in different ways. Or, or their relatives, that's done as well. And it's the same thing with people with families. They'll lean on guys and actually tell them. I've heard a few people tell me this on the phone line, not on the radio, though. 
that uh, they'll lean on their families. Uh, you lose your family, you lose your family, and all this kind of stuff if you continue down this route. And that's the kind of thing in the real world that goes on. It's not pleasant at all. But here's an article here. Again, from Britain, ties right into what I said, you know. Now, remember, Bertrand Russell had his own experimental schools in the 1920s where all of this kind of stuff was tried out. And he was given a free hand under a royal charter to do things to children that would have most people in, in jail. And he's trying to see if they could do pre-pubertal sex. That's now getting pushed everywhere now. The idea being that if you can encourage children to be obsessed with it before puberty, there was like, less likelihood that they'll bond with a partner for life down the road. They want to destroy the family. And, and look how far we've come in no time at all. And I've already gone through the talks to do with the culture creator and, and industries and so on, and how they gave us our culture, which is so degraded now, we're at the mercy of, of the politicians and the big agendas of globalism. This is from, it's from the, the Telegraph, Tuesday, this Thursday, 19th of February, 2009. Contraceptive implants given to, chill, to girls as young as 12. Implants. Girls as young as 12 are being given contraceptive implants on the National Health Service without the consent of their parents. Well, who needs to bother about parents anymore? I can remember the day when teachers and schools and governments would run when the parents were after them. Not now. They don't even bother getting consent of the parents. And the parents aren't generally bothered either. It's by Lucy Cockroft says procedures regularly given to under 16s, regularly given to under 16s who are not deemed responsible enough to remember to take oral contraceptives on a daily basis. Doctors inject a plastic implant under the skin of the young girls which releases the hormone progesterone guarding against pregnancy for up to three years. The procedure is regularly given to under 16s who are not deemed responsible enough to remember to take oral contraceptives on a daily basis. So not, not are they going to stop it just at getting in the womb and altering you and making the person that you really should be, you know, the kind that they would rather have. They're also going to give these to, they're giving them to young children now, young girls. As girls aged 13 and 14 are also considered, well, in Scotland, a 12-year-old girl who became pregnant at 11 years old has been given the implant. What did they watch on TV all the time? Have you noticed? Have you noticed what's on much music all the time? What is it they're pushing? It's not lollipops. And you wonder why monkey see, monkey do. Plato talked about this 2,300 odd years ago, how easy it was through drama and fiction and music to have the youngsters emulate everything that they saw on stage. Rocket science, isn't it? Bernays, all these boys, the ones who gave us the culture. Then the CIA was involved in culture creation and everyone thought it was a communist because it was all so far uh, ultra, ultra liberal, do what you want. Put it all in the open, let it all hang out. Look where we are now. Guidelines issued by the government last April said the implant known by the brand name Implanon or as the progesterone-only implant was safe and there should be no age limit. There should be no age limit, it says here, according to the government. You know that big, that big god up there and the big, the big mountain. 
National Health Service then allowed the contraceptive to be used on young girls who have become sexually active. This is step-by-step implementation, so that people get used to it. Supporters of the implant say that they will help reduce teenage pregnancies amongst girls who are reluctant to use condoms and do not remember to take the pill. But they won't tell you about all the other effects it will have on the girls that are taking it. I've already read the report by Huxley and by Charles Galton Darwin. Charles Galton Darwin said that they would get in to the hormonal structure of youngsters, emasculate the males, and basically make the females more masculine. Have you looked around you today? They've been doing it. And there are side effects to all of these pills. All of them. Just however, critics argued that the offering this kind of contraceptive will put more young girls at risk of sexually transmitted infections. This is their only objection. They also argue that making the implants so readily available will encourage more girls to have a sexual relationship before they're ready. Well, why not emulate television? That's what you seem to see there all the time. They never attack that, do they? They never, ever attack or go into what may be causing things to happen. Never, ever. They won't touch it because it's a must-be. I've run into it before where the, the censor bureaus for televisions, each country's got them. I used to think it was to try and keep your culture kind of safe. Until read in, in the papers, their job was to test the public to see if they're ready to push the envelope even further for the public. That's what their job it really is. Look where we are. Back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Before the show ends tonight, I should mention, too, that you can help keep me going and support me by buying the material I have for sale. It's on the website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you can also help donate as well. You can donate money on that site. There's, a, there's buttons there to show you how to do it, and that helps things take over. I don't ask for money or payment from any of the shows I'm on on any station or TV and it's up to you to keep me going if you like what I'm saying and I, I'm not saying it to scare people I'm not saying it just to, to cause some kind of panic either I'm trying to get people motivated into making their own decisions as to what they will do in life and try and influence those around you if possible at least people who are worth influencing. Don't waste your time on people who close their minds. It's the most frustrating thing of all. They've chosen not to know. They prefer the cocooned world that television presents to them. That's the reality they prefer. It is a choice. It truly is a choice. And we've got to respect that decision that they have. But where you can, and there's always someone out there, you can actually, you should always push and and give information and don't overload people because that turns people off. Don't mix in the fantasy stuff that's popular either. You know, the, the, the people who are into space alien abductions and stuff like that. There's an awful lot of nonsense put out there right now, which I think personally is meant to ridicule the patriot movements. When you bring in the new age stuff with the facts, you ridicule the facts. And this is intentional, I believe. So stick to the facts. 
to those things that people can understand and you can go a long ways with it. Because big movements are happening, big things are happening across the world and the boys at the top are on a roll. They smell blood, they smell their destination almost at hand. And we cannot give up without a fight. We can't give up without a fight. That's a disgrace to ourselves. It's a disgrace to all those who've lived before us. Utter disgrace to give up and cave in under political correctness. And what we're taught is the new ways, etc., etc. That's tragedy and, and shame to simply stand back and say, there's nothing I can do. As long as you breathe, there's something you can do or say. But there's always something. That's a cop-out. Also look into the, the new religion that's in. It's called humanism. Humanism for schools. I'll leave the link up as well. It'll show you how they're taught to train in the schools, secular humanism. Do you wonder why all these stickers around the buses that says, says God is dead after Nietzsche, of course, and why they're going to all this length and money to do so. It's to make you feel apathetic, basically. Nihilistic and apathetic as necessary for control during the, the time that's coming. But you'll see how they even put out what they call teaching toolkits and how to, how to get it over to the students in a way that will be psychologically adapted to them. In other words, they'll be downloaded with an opinion that they never really came to themselves. It's all scientific indoctrination. And you can search through the secular humanist uh, areas on their techniques for, for instilling this into children. So they're, all they're doing is replacing the old religions with a new religion. And that's what secular humanism is. And it's also a religion that gives you no hope, by the way. They want to destroy hope. Well, from Hamish and myself, Frontier Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.